Welcome to the Trauma Survivorhood Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, a certified trauma recovery coach with Full Circle Wellspring. You're listening to Between the Seasons. This is a bonus content series while we gear up to season two when our regular format will return. Each bonus episode is a very special interview. We've got authors, creators, founders, community advocates, trauma survivors, and all brand new friends of mine. Please enjoy. Welcome back to the Trauma Survivorhood podcast. I have with me here a very special um, human who is just a survivor and doing so much to give back to the community. She is the founder of the walkinthewoods.org, which is a free online roadmap um, specialty course for incest survivors. She shares her story with the world, and then she has given back with some amazing online content that is totally free, um, and I'm just so glad to have her here today. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. So straight from walkinthewoods.org, your story, um, <clears throat> your story, a uh, little paragraph is, at first, I didn't know I was an incest survivor. Then I knew it and couldn't say it. I couldn't unstick the words from my throat, and then it became my job to say it. Incest survivor. I used to call it the I word. I had to learn to say the words. Then it was my job to own it, to tell the truth of my childhood, to say it a hundred thousand times, to speak it out loud. And eventually, it was my job to move beyond it. I am many things, including an incest survivor. I embrace all of me. And now it is my job to help others heal. So that story is obviously just huge. Why is sharing so important? Well, the only reason that incest works is because it's a secret. If people knew about it, wouldn't wouldn't work. And so I believe that it's very important to uh, share stories about incest and not just incest, but any type of child sexual abuse um, so that people feel free to own either what has happened to them, what may be happening to children that they know. There were adults in my life that knew something bad was going on with me, but it was taboo to pry. I want people to pry. I want people to understand the subject, and I want them to know um, if you are a survivor of of child sexual abuse, um, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. There's no shame. So it's important to get the word out. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's a really interesting perspective, right? Like it wouldn't work if everyone knew what was going on. That's, that's just such a simple way to say it, right? And the secrecy that goes behind it. Um, and you're, of course, coming here to us um, under an anonymous title. Um, and you have this resource and you really try to protect your identity. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Why is that for you? Why is that so important? Well, safety is important to me. After the childhood that I had, now that I am at choice as an adult, I choose, uh, I try to make decisions that keep me safe. Um, And I want to make it very, very clear. It's not because I'm ashamed of being an incest survivor. I'm not. Um, 
everybody in my life of significance knows that I'm an incest survivor. I don't hide it. Um, but I have seen other people who have tried to talk about their uh, childhood experience just get slaughtered on social media. And uh, I don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. You now have that voice and choice, right? That's what my clients hear all the time for me as a trauma recovery coach. You have voice and choice from the get-go. You know, if there's even a question of mine that you don't want to answer, right? And so you're taking this and you're you're able to use that. I, I love that because you obviously have done some work on that shame aspect, right? Because shame is is one of the top things that pops up this kind of overwhelming, um, over-controlling emotion that is that is used for sexual abuse. It kind of helps to, to facilitate it, really, to keep the, the shame locked in there. You actually say um, on your um, on your resource on walkinthewoods.org, you have a whole subject because there's lots of different topics, right? And each topic, um, you're, you're learning something and you're walking through this process of, of, of incest survivor and sexual abuse survivors um, are walking through this roadmap. Um, and it's a great online resource, great, great tool. And you tell your story and you said, um, as you're kind of explaining something that happened to you that triggered later, you said the shame that I had been storing for so long was unleashed that night. And I ran from it for eight, the next 18 years. It caused me to slide into a deep depression if I became still enough to feel. I wanted to do anything but to be myself. I became numb to myself in countless ways. So shame, obviously, super pervasive here. What what moved you through that? I mean, 18 years of really like realizing this incest, coming to terms with it. Now you're on the other side. How did you move through that? What what role did shame play for you? Well, shame stopped me from doing anything about it for a long time. And it also kept me from remembering. Yeah. Um you know, the trauma was so great that as the trauma occurred, I forgot it. And I only had little snippets that started surfacing, you know, many years later. Um, but once it did, um, you know, shame's the enemy of healing. And uh, so it becomes very important to deal with shame. And, and it's hard and you need help. And one of the things that helped me the most was to be, and I talk about this on the website over and over and over again, um, I was in an incest survivors group. And to be with other people, nobody can really understand what you've been through unless you've been through it. And so to be with other people uh, who have had a similar experience really helps lessen the shame because you're talking about it every week you're talking about it and you're hearing other people talk about it um and so that was really helpful also to have people tell me that it wasn't my fault um you know when a when a 10 or 11 year old girl is raped it's not her fault <laughs> period, period. Um, end of story yeah yeah. And so to have people remind me of that when I would, and it's a dance with shame, right? You, you engage in it and then you say enough of you, and then it comes back, you know, and so it's a dance and over time it's less and less and less to, you can reach a point where I am today where I have absolutely no shame, none. Mm -hmm. 
Unbelievable. What an inspiration to hear that there is so much healing available on the other side. You just have to walk through it, right? This, this walk in the woods, through the woods, over the fear, around the bend of shame. And eventually you're moving in it to a place where, you know, your brain has learned it's really not your fault. So I think a lot of people, a lot of my clients, actually, they hear that. They're like, thank you. It's so nice to hear that. I can hear it, but I can't embody it yet. It takes a while for that for the system to really digest, right? And to really believe something that strongly, right? It does, especially when this has lived, this has been a part of you for so long. Right. It takes a while to undo all of that conditioning. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I love that. What was the inspiration when you were putting together? This is a, this is a free online resource. This is taking you time and energy and walkinthewoods.org is, is, is chocked full. This is not just a couple of like key little points. There's page after page of your story and really helpful resources. So together it's really become its own resource for sexual abuse survivors. So what was the inspiration behind that? Reluctance. (laughs) You know, um, I never intended to write all of this. Um, And, and literally what happened was um, I, I was, uh, with a group of friends in British Columbia and we'd spent a week together and um, they knew that I was an incest survivor and I was dealing with healing at the time. Mm, yeah. And, um, and one of my, one of my friends asked me literally to go for a walk in the woods with her. Mm. And, um, and she shared with me that she too was an incest survivor and had, had not told anyone. Wow. And she asked me a lot of questions and I could, could tell that there was a freedom in that and, and that I was far enough along the path that some of the things that I said were really helpful to her. So we were, my husband and I were flying back and I, and I just told him about this walk in the woods and he said, we'll need a walk in the woods with you. Find a way to walk with him. Yeah. And shortly after I returned home, I woke up one morning and these words just started flowing. Yeah. Um, pretty much like they are on the website. You know, it was just, uh, you know, I have a belief in there's, I don't know what it is, but there's something greater than us. And, and that energy flowed through me and created this website. It does, it does seem that it just, it flowed out. It, it really, it really reads like that. Uh, One of the things on the website that I love, you're talking about um, uh, present, the present moment triggering these past things. And we call those trauma triggers, right? And, um, and you say at first, as these things happened, I panicked. So you're, you're, you're kind of reliving a piece of a story and I'm kind of picking it up from there. It said at first, as these things happened, I panicked because I thought I must be going crazy. If the feelings hadn't been so strong, I wouldn't have tried to deny them, but they were so overwhelming. All I could do was try to survive them. And for me, this meant relying on the support structure that I built. 
calling my therapist or someone from my incest survivors group or talking to my husband. These triggering moments became a part of healing. Whenever I would begin to feel the emotions that weren't appropriate to the current present situation, I would tell myself that whatever I was feeling was not happening now, that this was old. And if I was so distressed that I couldn't communicate effectively with myself to myself, then I got help from someone else. So these these past trauma triggers, you were using these because you had a lot of probably repressed memories. I would imagine as things started coming out, your body was then reactivating, right? And so you're using these as a catalyst, it sounds like. Like your trauma triggers, you had to realize this was something that was bubbling up that needed to be healed from the past. So how how was that for you? What did that feel like? How did you know to intuitively really recognize and and not numb to these i mean these are must be overwhelming trauma triggers so how did you how did you get to that place where you could say ah here's this thing it doesn't match what's going on let's retrain the brain right here well it took a while <laughs> um and i also fortunately have practiced mindfulness for most of my life and so i've i've practice observing my thoughts and emotions. Um, So that helps. Uh, But most people haven't done that. I think the thing to do is to ask, does this fit what's going on? Mm. You know, am I really this upset about this situation? And if the answer is no, then it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And in the moment, you might not be able to process it. You know, you like that passage said, you may have to wait, talk to a trusted individual, get some help. Um, But eventually, processing things like that just became, oh, okay, another trauma trigger. Okay. And, And what used to take a month to process something, I could do in... 15, 20 minutes. Okay. So you just got to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Trauma triggers can be so overwhelming and when we kind of lose our prefrontal cortex, right? The brain actually goes offline and we get trapped in these really overwhelming, the activation of the nervous system and the neurochemical floods happening, right? Oh my goodness. And it can be really overwhelming. So what I always say, and I love that you said this is that awareness is always that first step, because if you don't actually know what's going on, there's really nothing you can do about it. You end up just getting trapped. And before you know it, you're like a robot, just going to the food, going to the alcohol, going to the TV, going to sleep, right? Whatever it is to get yourself out of that situation. So like you're saying, it's helpful for that awareness to identify certain red flags. Like what's a red flag that I'm being triggered here? You know, one is what I said, this is bigger than the situation, but others are your body. Why is my heart beating like this? Why are my hands sweating? You know, really listen to your body Um, or why am I shutting down? Yes. So those red flags, when you notice those, you can go, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is trying to tell you what your brain doesn't even know is even happening yet. Your body is giving you those signals. So yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. So I always like to ask what has been 
in your trauma recovery process? What has been your most useful resources? It sounds like mindfulness has played a big role, but anything internally, self-love, compassion, was it helpful for you to understand your trauma brain and what happened to you? And what were some of the external resources um, beyond, you know, your survivors group? And it sounds like you had some great friends and a great therapist, but what was really catalyst for, for your healing? You know, great question. Um, there were so many things and you use different tools at different times. Um, the Courage to Heal, the book, The Courage to Heal and The Courage to Heal Workbook were absolutely foundational to my healing because it, it was, huh, there's, there, there are things you can do. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm in emergency mode. That's why I'm totally panicked and hiding under the bed. You know, it gave me an understanding of what was happening with me. So those, those two books were tremendous resources. And of course, the, the incest survivor group, which I was in for five years. Um, and I still have friends from that group. You know, we, we, we know each other and we support each other. Um, so that was really helpful. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong learner. And so I read everything I could get my hands on. Now, back when I was doing this, there weren't, there weren't that many resources. There are a lot more resources out there right now. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons that I did the website is um, I think it's very accessible and very practical. Yes. So if you're dealing with, with terror, you can go to a section in the website and learn what to do. If you're dealing with anger, if you're dealing with shame, if you are getting ready to confront someone um, who was there and didn't didn't help you, or even confront the the abusers, um, there's a resource on on this website to to give you very practical advice about what to do. Um, so uh, I've tried to add this website to the to the other great resources that are that that are out there, um, but but and I couldn't have done this without a therapist. I don't think. Um, and you know there are resources for people who can't afford therapists, and of course there are wonderful trauma coaches. Which I wish I'd had that uh, back then. But as far as I know, they didn't exist then. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. Um, we do now on our, I know you have linked the Certified Trauma Recovery Coach uh, website, which is, of course, my affiliated uh, association where I got my certification. And they have just updated their directory. So for everyone listening and watching, um, they now have an option where you can go and you can find specific people who are who are specifically trained for childhood sexual abuse, incest, um, anything related uh, to the to the sexual trauma survivor world. So um, it's really great to be able to find people who are specifically trained in that. And of course, we know 
Most people who become advocates or like yourself designing resources or authors writing books or coaches becoming coaches is generally because we're trauma survivors also. So when you're finding a trauma coach who's saying that one of their specialties is childhood sexual abuse, it's probably somewhere in their story as well. So right there, you're going to have a connection, almost like a support group um, with someone who really understands where you've been. So. That is just so beautiful. You know, I think what you're saying is so important. I I was in an incest survivor group with, uh, there were two therapists running the group. One was a survivor herself. And the other was a wonderful psychologist. But she'd never been through it. Mm. And as helpful as she was, the one who'd been through it knew. And it, it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Less words, less explaining, right? When someone can just, can just get it. Yeah. It's really really special. (laughs) Just give you a hug, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Know, know what, what you'd want because they have been in those shoes before. So that's great. Wow. I really appreciate it. So again, I want to just say that walk it www.walkinthewoods.org um, and you can find more about this incredible story you can click on all the links all the resources you have a great additional resource page you even have a contact tab so people can even reach out to you and ask you know specific help or specific questions that they might have um where you can, you know, reach back to them and and get them the resources that they need. So I just want to thank you so much for the work that you're doing and sharing your story and sharing these resources um, and just the tools that you've gathered from point A to to where you are now. Um, You're you're so willing and open to share these tools with so many people and you're, you're really changing lives. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And and I just want to say one thing to anybody out there who um, thinks they might have been sexually abused, were sexually abused. Um, healing is essential to have a great life. And anybody who knows me will tell you I live a great life now. I did. It took it took a while to get there, but it's true. Um, and and what I want what I want them to know is you can do this. There's a way to heal. It takes work. It takes courage. Um, when you as you come out on the other end, you are incredibly deep and strong and powerful. And so I want to encourage everyone: do the work. You can do it. You can do it. Wow, what a beautiful message. Yeah, yeah, there is opportunity to heal, right? And yes, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes regular ongoing support and ongoing work. Um, But yeah, it's, it's beautiful to be on the other side and then to be able to gift back to the community, whether it's advocacy or your beautiful website or becoming a coach or a therapist. I mean, there's so many, there's so many avenues to take to reach back and give back to the to the community. So I just appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. It's been an honor chatting with you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me and thank you for (laughs) spreading the word. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Trauma Survivorhood Between the Seasons bonus content. For more info and show notes, check out the episode guide below. Until next time.
Be Well Survivors.